Welcome to the Autobahn Country Club Podcast, where your host, club member John Graybeal, opens the doors to America's premier auto sports club. Now, here's John. Well, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for listening. Thanks for subscribing. I know I've been saying that we are going to have two shows per month. However, this month, uh, we at the podcast decided to release an additional show, and it's a special edition in the driver's seat all about Rallycross. We have three guests guests today. Uh, Kyle Nato, who you are all familiar with from the podcast, is going to detail all about Rallycross, the series, what happens while we race, how the race is formatted. Uh, then we're going to hear from Jody Lift, Jody Hit Lift from Havoc Motorsport. He is kind of the lead on building rally cars at the track. So he's one of the race shops that are located on the track. Has built several rally cars in addition to the ones that we currently use at the track. He's going to detail you the process of getting a car, what they do, how they get the car ready, and the services they provide. And finally, we're going to hear from Brian Helmantoller. He is a fan favorite at the rally track. He's an excellent driver and has built four rally cars and working on a fifth rally car. He's going to detail what the process of how he built a car and how he gets a car prepared for rally car. So a bunch of information for you today. Again, thanks for listening. Thanks for subscribing. Tell your friends. Uh, It's been great to get some feedback around the track. So if you like it, let us know. You can reach us at podcast at autobahncc.com. And now here's Jody Lift from Havoc Motorsport on the Autobahn Country Club podcast. Well, today I'm speaking uh, with Jody Lift from Havoc Motorsports, one of the race shops at the Autobahn Country Club. And we're going to talk about rally cars. Uh, How many rally cars have you built so far, Jody? Just for the club, Over I should the say. Years. No, just for the oh, club. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we've built uh, five. Five cars. And, um, I personally have two cars. I like to think right. that my son and I kind of maybe helped build one of them. Uh, we can talk about that in, in, in a second. But um, all the cars that you have built are uh, Focus, Ford Focus. Is that correct? That's correct. Yeah, this run they were all the same model. And yeah, the Ford. And what years are what years are they roughly? They were around the two thousands, two thousand five, something like that. Yeah, I all Ford Focus. Now there's wheel drive. And why? Uh, when I first talked to you a year and a half ago, so when the, when the Rallycross first started get first got started. Uh, you would expect why why the Ford Focus? Why was that such a good uh, option? Well, they've been around for a long time, um, relatively inexpensive. They had some sport models that would lend itself to uh, modifications that parts were available, and uh, uh, pretty healthy engines in all of them, um, and they could be had pretty cheaply. Um, they had a great career just about everywhere else in the world, as far as world championship rally cars back in their heyday but um over here in the united states not so much so there's a 
it was a good heritage for that car in rally racing. Yeah, the the models that that we have are the Focus SVTs, or 2003 models, which were right. They, they had a little extra, they were a little more sporty. They had I think about 30. Normally, a Ford Focus has 140 horsepower ish. Does that sound about right? Yeah, I think they were actually the SVTs were actually a little bit more than that. They had a lot of go fast parts um, for their era, the early 2000s. Um, and there were a lot of aftermarket go fast parts that you could you could add on. But it was well engineered, factory engineered type car, sport model um, that they made out of a basically a family sedan. Yeah, I like the. I think the SVT. I think the regular Ford Focus was 104. I think the SVT is like about 170. Um, right. More more horsepower in my rally cars than I have on my track cars. Let's just say, which I chuckle, I chuckle at. I chuckle at. Uh, so the first, I, I kind of talk about our situation, our family situation, the cars, kind of so that we can help future potential rally car cross car owners kind of go through the process. So the first car you, you had actually found the car for me. And that's something I'm sure you would still do today. Just be, you'll find the car. You'll do the whole work. Sure. Somebody calls you up and says, I want a rally car and you'll find it. And you just produce a rally car for them. Absolutely. Depending on what they, what they want. If they want a four wheel drive, Mitsubishi, we can do that. Subaru or anything else. It just happened to fall in our lap. But these cars were available. They're pretty, Durable cars. Um, I had driven one on the street for years, and uh, and that's where we settled on because we didn't have very much time. We had five weeks to build five or six cars. That's right. So for the first uh, first event, so everybody was pushing pretty hard to get cages and all the safety equipment done, and then eventually we got a real rally suspension on them, heavy duty suspension, and and, uh, and uh, went from there. Yeah, and initially when the rally cross started, it was only front wheel drive cars also and there was a limit on the on the, on the engine size also and right right i i love the idea of, of using the ford focus and i i think the uh so the my first one you had almost i think it might have been a prototype that you had you had already started working on by the time that i made a commitment to to get the i think it's the number might be the number two car i think yeah. Is, is the black more one. likely i have a black one yeah. and a silver one and so once you get the car in what's the first thing you're going to do to turn it into a rally car uh, well we've got to get it back up into some kind of a competitive shape as far as safety and and reliability um rally cross is pretty tough sport on the cars and, and people so we had to get uh, that end of it to begin with all the normal stuff that a 15 year old car would would have gone through. We got to bring back up stuff as far as engine transmission, testing the engine, dyno work to make sure everything was equal. We're trying to make all those first series of cars equal as possible so that uh, one didn't have more power than the other one, one didn't handle any different than the other one, so that everybody was pretty much in the same boat as far as performance. and uh, those were the big things to get the reliability and safety issues for we had to get belts, seats, roll cage, um, things like that, and make sure that the unibody was solid and reinforce it where it was. <clears throat> yeah, I, the, the, they are pretty inexpensive cars. I know that the time when I was looking for another car, uh, I, I think as the story goes, my wife, 
who my son and I both run the rally cross and my wife came out one day and she said, I don't like waiting around to get my turn. So I said, obviously I need to get another car. So, um, I set out and I found one up, uh, up by Midway airport. And I, I think I, I had maybe $1,500 in it. And that's the one I brought home around Christmas time for my family so that my son and I could watch YouTube and become mechanics the best we could. Uh, it, it, it was, it, it's easy. It's a great car to work on. And again, people nowadays, we do not, everybody doesn't have to have a Ford Focus. You don't have to have a, uh, front wheel drive car even i mean you can have any car you want and turn it into a rally car i think the majority of guys are are still running front wheel drive cars um in regards to that but my son and i spent a lot of time on youtube and i thought it was just an excellent learning experience now we did what we could to get it up and running and then we brought that car back up to you to finish it with the uh suspension talk a little bit about um the the suspension because it's a pretty unique suspension on these cars yeah all our cars go ahead um i started to say all our cars uh were coilover design so you could do corner weights just like a road race car um threaded body heavy duty shocks rally real true rally struts uh built in germany so that there, most of the money goes into the suspension fancy bits are all underneath the car and that's what allows the car to survive you know season after season let alone event after event to begin with our, our rally cross track was pretty rough and after a while with design changes it became much faster and much smoother but uh, all our cars had a real quality suspension a real rally type suspension that you have in europe anywhere in the world yeah, I can I can attest to the to the durability of our cars. They've they've done pretty well. Um, we had my son had one little um, issue with uh, overdriving the car one afternoon. We broke a a uh, switch or controller. Yeah, controller. There you go, <laughs> controller. Which I made him uh, uh, shovel the drive and we have a long drive several times to pay for the control <laughs> arm and then we put it on together <laughs> so that was about the only uh that was a self-induced uh issue issue on us um we keep it's great that your family can do all that together you know it really brings you closer or further apart depending on where you start out <laughs> um, yeah yeah exactly yeah good hobby. um we, we we've enjoyed it we do um we keep one car at the track, and we keep one car down at, at our farm. So that, and we have a little route. We built a rally cross track at the farm, so that we can practice down there and have and have fun. And in addition to that, I I probably taught six people how to drive a stick shift with that car. It's just such a great, really? great car to drive to drive to learn to drive a stick shift with. Yeah, and, and then you well, we do have a we do have a yeah, automatic transmission focus this year available for rent. Oh, so really? Somebody. Somebody's a little hesitant to go out and uh, and drive a stick in rally conditions and go out and drive an automatic. Well, it has all the normal roll cage safety equipment plus suspension. So that's a bill this year also. Yeah, let's talk a little bit about the services that, that you and, and, and Havoc um, offer. So somebody comes to you and says, hey, build us this rally car. And again, it could be many different many different options now as far as the, the club rules are but you also 
pre pre I was going to say pre flight the car, but um, mm-hmm. uh, you get it ready pre race. Uh, what do you call it when you do get it ready pre, for the race? Pre competition, pre event. Yes, pre event uh, checklist. Um, go as deep as you want or as uh, uh, surface as you want. We do have a, a regular routine for our cars we go through. And some Just of like them, you would a, a road race car. And some of them are stored. Um, you, you have some storage, exactly. right? You can store them there too. Yeah, we have storage here. We have uh, parts and service. Uh, we've actually got a setup where we can change it for summer uh, driving on the track. So you, with a, a few simple changes, you can take it in the dirt, jumps, rally cross, and then in summer you can take it on the, the asphalt. It takes about an hour, two hours to change over. So changing tires, things like that. Uh, in springs, uh, but you could, you know, if, if you want a, a single-purpose car or a double-purpose car uh, with one car, it's possible to. It's kind of modulized, so that you can do that. Yeah, that's what we did with our our black O2 car. Right. My son took that. You guys uh, set us up with uh, right. some road tires, and and we got out. That was his right. first 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 time on the live track. Was in that car. He was very comfortable in that car, so it worked out well for him. So we can we can build to any kind of budget, um, you know, for mild, you know, just safety equipment to, you know, pretty uh, pretty wild stuff. Right now, there's a kit out for the early Focus, which is a four-wheel drive conversion, yeah, two and a half liter, um, oh, wow. turbo motor. Yeah, <laughs> that's cool. Yeah, yeah. Just we'll have another long interview about exactly what you do and your history and your history of rally racing and and havoc, but. You do all kinds of of cars that are not just rally cars, but you happen to be the race shop that's really taken taken the um the lead in in preparing the cars for rally and, and of course servicing them. So so prior to the race, you're getting the cars all checked out and then during the race also, um you're there on track support helping people keep them running. Yeah, mechanical help, um tires, uh Basically, keeping them running, keeping an eye on them. Um, you know, a lot of a lot of uh, people. This is the first experience with uh, rally cross or or stage rallying, they used to call it. And uh, I, you know, a lot of them don't know what to expect. So, a little bit of uh, moral support is good, and mechanical <laughs> support keeps them going. Through. Yes, yes, and then um, all the way through the race, and then after the race, you'll. Take the cars and um, give them a thorough checkout. And yeah, first we do a steam clean them, so they're all pressure. <laughs> um, in the winter, not so much usually, but in the summer it's pretty dirty. So we have to be able to see any uh, any issues that arise. And uh, you know, most of them are regular customers, so we see the cars. Um, you know, every event. So uh, if they come out. You know, they come from a long way. They're not disappointed by that. Yeah, um, yeah, that's that, that, that's good to, to to keep up on all that stuff. We um, knock on wood. That's why we try to bring two vehicles, but we have not been let down yet <laughs> for our for, for our for our rally racing. So, um, well, Jody, thanks so much for coming on this special podcast, uh, Rally Cross Edition. And we look forward to seeing you um, next. Well, see, we're recording this on Thursday, so next Friday, so a week from tomorrow. 
Friday the 11th is the first uh, summer rally race since the winter series is all uh, is all all complete. Uh, thanks again for being on the podcast. I look forward to talking to you soon. Thanks, John. Appreciate it. Well, thanks, Jody, for being on the podcast. Jody can, of course, be reached at the Havoc Motorsport website at havocmotorsport.com. Next up on the podcast, we're going to hear from Kyle Nato. Kyle's going to talk uh, all about the Rallycross events itself and what we can look forward to during uh, the race and also afterwards. And now here's Kyle Nato on the Audubon Country Club podcast. Well, I'd like to welcome Kyle Nato to the Audubon Country Club podcast. Kyle, I would like to talk about Rallycross. Excellent. I'd love to talk to you about it, too. It's one of our growing race series that we have here. And let's uh, talk a little bit about this. So the, the track is a dirt track on the infield of the north track. I guess, right? Is that, is that how we'd say that? <laughs> that's, that's correct. So right inside our very own north track, we developed a challenging yet fun rallycross track. It is completely dirt uh, that we manage and we take care of, but uh, in, included in the rally, uh, the course has two jumps and what I lovingly refer to as the wall of death which is uh, drivers will be driving up an embankment uh, down in a lower retention pond area. Um, and where speeds can, you know, reach top of third gear. So depending on what car you're in, you'll be able to uh, hit that last jump at, at quite a good pace. Yeah, you, you could hit the jump, and depending on what type of vehicle, um, you might still be able to run after that, right? <laughs> Yeah, so we do a, a driver's meeting just like we would with uh, any other race series. And we go over, because again, since there are two jumps, you can take them at whatever speed uh, you'd like, but uh, you have to know your vehicle and your ability to, uh, you know, as a driver. But uh, you could go out there and launch your car, but uh, you only do that once. Um, but we have seen so, some great launches. I will say that, and the, a couple of those cars did survive. We have seen some pretty incredible uh, air time, hang time, however you want to say it. <laughs> yeah, uh, and that's why you know we, as far as the rules go, we do require full roll cages, seat belts. Uh, all of the rules are available on our on our website. But uh, you're going to want a good suspension package uh, for when you're doing this off road racing. The, main reason is because it's not smooth like a racetrack. It is bumpy. There are uh, bumps and ruts, like we've been talking about, jump. Yeah, so the we, we start off um, with a driver's meeting. Is that going to be held in the, in the clubhouse this Friday? Yeah, so the first rally cross is actually on May 11th, uh, and, and at 5.30 in the clubhouse where we okay. hold the driver's meeting. And then uh, after the driver's meeting, about 5.45, that's when we'll proceed out on track, uh, on the north track, and we will actually be pitting in kind of our paddock area is in between turn six and seven on the north track. Yeah, it's kind of, it's gone through some different iterations since the very first one, and it's kind of set up pretty nice now. It's pretty, um, I do like the layout of, of 
the track and there's a, a good place for spectators. So you can come out and watch, you can come out and participate. You can come out and also get rides. I think about everybody out there has two seats in their vehicle so that you can get a ride. No, absolutely. And that's uh, a great intro for newcomers to the sport is you can sit in the right seat and go for one of these thrill rides. And the great thing is with uh, all the members that do drive, they're very generous in uh, giving rides to passengers and kind of just spreading the excitement that is rally. Uh, the course itself, as you start off from the start line, uh, you're immediately on the throttle all the way down, probably one of our longest straightaways into a uh, fun left-hand sweeper that, John, I'd say in, in your car, you're probably hitting top of third gear through. Uh, it depends on the traction that you get. So, yeah, um, yeah you can. I, I talk about there's – I can't tell you exactly what speed – we're going on, but I'm, I'm guessing, you know, we're 40, 50 miles an hour, maybe, um, going in there. I mean, and that's the fastest part. So I always right. tell people it's, it's, it's an incredible amount of fun at 30 miles an hour. Incredible amount of fun. And sometimes, <laughs> sometimes slower. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, uh, there's an amazing amount of skill that goes, that's involved in rally as well, because, uh, a lot of drivers will pitch their car sideways um, and almost do sort of a, a, a drift through some of these fast sweepers. And, you know, right after the starting line, you go into that first turn, that's a nice sweeper, a left-hand sweeper, and then you go into a right-hand sweeper uh, before you slow things down for a tight hairpin. And a lot of these cars will have a hydraulic handbrake that will assist in rotating the car through a hairpin uh, while keeping speed up. And um, from there, after the hairpin, you're going to be following the course, you know, along a, a beautiful tree line, if you will, but you're a safe distance away from it. And then you drop down into our lower bowl area. Uh, and you're going to set yourself up perfectly for one of our first jumps. And you want good car control as you hit that jump, uh, because when you land, you're going to be hard on the brakes, and then it's another hairpin. And that's just uh, a short example of half a lap uh, on the Rallycross track. Yeah, well, I, I should mention that you have made some awesome videos on the Audubon YouTube channel. I'm sure if you just go yeah, to YouTube can, and, and, and check that out. They're incredibly cool. Thank you for the plug. I appreciate that, yeah. Uh, and I hope to be having some more video cameras out there getting reactions and also, you know, yeah, yeah. new videos uh, while we're out there. Also, if you don't mind, I'd like to add, you know, just the different types of classes that we're introducing this year. So uh, I should have mentioned this before, but the Rallycross series is actually uh, the only series that we run year-round. So... Uh, we do it in the winter and also in the summer. Now, May 11th is our first rally for the summer series. Uh, and there's, we're hosting five rallies this summer and most likely six in the winter. So it's 11 race series. Uh, but with the classes that we're introducing, is uh, we'll have a front-wheel drive class, a rear-wheel drive class, and an all-wheel drive class. But we don't just stop there. We are also allowing UTVs as well. 
And now also, if you're 18 and older, you can ride a dirt bike as well. So it's pretty much any off-road vehicle, as long as it's going to pass the safety inspection, we'll, uh, we have a class for you and you'll be able to run it out on a rallycross. Um, yes, let's talk a little bit about uh, the vehicles. Uh, we run, um, we have a few that we bring out, but I prefer the Ford Focuses that we have, and we do have hydraulic handbrakes in them. So the front-wheel drive cars, handbrakes. I think it's so much fun to get the back end of that car turned the direction that you want. And when you do hit some of those sweepers, it's pretty cool. It's not, I get technically not drifting, I guess, because uh, it's a front-wheel drive car. But you can really control the back end of the car with that hydraulic handbrake, and it is awesome. I think it adds an extra challenge. Now, my wife prefers, we, we do have a Razor, uh, which is a UTV uh, Polaris uh, Razor side-by-side, I guess sometimes they're also also called. And there's a, re- a special requirement for those uh, seat belts in those, correct? Yes, you do need a five-point harness for those and also window nets or arm restraint. Five-point five or four-point harness? You need a five. Is it a five-point? Um, you're right. Four point is required. Okay. Uh, I just I, personally, I, I like five point. <laughs> so uh, yeah, you have to have those, of course, and, and a helmet. Um, and my wife really likes driving our our razor up there. She, matter of fact, it's still dirty from the last time she had it up there. Um, <laughs> They're meant to be dirty. <laughs> right, right. We have seen some pretty incredible machines out uh, out there having fun. Uh, Dirt bikes, uh, any special safety? Obviously a helmet, I would assume, right? Any other dirt bike boots? Uh, you'd be silly not to be out there with dirt bike boots and a helmet, right? Those are the two requirements. Uh, also a chest protector, glove, long pants, and a jersey or long long sleeves of, of some sort as okay. well. So, okay. Uh, but that is a, a new class, and we're treating them just like the cars. We're going to be releasing them one at a time. So... Uh, and that's, that's how we run a rally cross is a single car out on track at a time and you're racing against the clock. Yeah. So there's, it starts off a little parade lap so, so you can get comfortable with, with the track and where everything is. Sometimes it does change based on conditions. So a uh, little parade lap and then we go into uh, the timing laps in a time, just like a, I guess it's the same timing system used for the autocross. Is it a different one, or is it the same same one? Yep, no, it's, it's the same timing system. And uh, we'll have corner workers out there, and of course we always have safety anytime we have a uh, vehicle uh, driving on track, whether it's pavement or dirt. So uh, all of our safety uh, standards are, are kept high as possible. And uh, I would say in an we're out there a while, so I'm trying to say how many laps you get. You get quite a few laps. You get. I've always got as many, almost as many laps as I would like to have got have in a yeah. day. So it's it's pretty good to get out. You get a lot of time yeah. driving time. So on the 11th, we'll be starting at 6 p.m. and then we'll run till dusk. Uh, so that's kind of a uh, a floating time, if you will. But we'll try and get you out there and as many runs as, as possible. Uh, and, and, and we usually do, 
do some timing runs, and then uh, at some point we, we shut the timing off and we just go out there and we, we try to have fun uh, in, a, in a different way, not against the clock, but just kind of learning the track a little different way. So there's times to go out there to run, but you're not always under the gun for the... And, and you don't even have to pay attention to your time. If you just want to come out there and have fun, there's, you know, I pay attention to my times, but a lot of guys just come out there to have fun because you, you don't usually get it. very competitive, John. <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh as, as long as i can beat my wife that's all she's just trying to get my best time right. for me right yeah. <laughs> um, uh, but no yeah we do we do some fun runs uh and that that also helps with just learning the track and also learning these new skills to you know negotiate some of these corners while on loose you know a loose surface so these skills will trend you know translate over into not only track driving but street driving you know if uh, your car starts to spin while you're i know we're not having any problems with snow right now but uh, this coming winter you know if, if you know what your car is going to do you're not going to be nervous you're not going to be scared while driving in the snow and you'll be able to maybe correct a mistake while on the street yeah that's a really good question it is i I seem to talk about my son a lot in the podcast here, but at 13, uh, he's been doing rallycross since we started and he controls the car shockingly well. Um, he doesn't know what a stop sign is and to look both ways, but when he's going straight ahead, he can control that car amazingly well. And I, I, I never really considered how much experience that, you know, slide that car sliding all around it has given him for his car control. That's, that's probably a really good point. Um, Let's talk about the track. Um, if we have had some people out there in the past to the track, and it's been a little dusty. Uh, it, it has been a little <laughs> dusty. So this year, to, uh, to reduce some of that, uh, you, John, have been a vital uh, player in this and helping maintain the track and also uh, to reduce some of that dust. But uh, we now have a system, thanks to some other members donating their, their time, their, their effort, their equipment. And uh, we'll have a, a water system to help wet down the track. To, and also we'll be maintaining it with uh, some, some farming equipment uh, to, again, reduce that dust. So this way it's a little bit safer. There's, uh, so you'll have better visibility and just an overall better experience as well. Yeah, we we're yeah. For anybody that's been out there and, and has seen the uh, the rally cross, it's it's a lot of fun. Um, sometimes the dust can be a hindrance, but I think that you guys are very aware of that, and you're making tremendous strides to mitigate that as much as possible, and to so that everybody enjoys it a little bit better. I you know probably this. This time, after especially after this rain, uh, it's probably not going to be too bad at all at, at the beginning of the season. But I know there's a lot of research that has been put into how to maintain the track and to mitigate that, make it uh, a, a little smoother um, and control Smoother and safer. Yeah, that's smoother that's what safer. we want out there. Yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, I know that... Uh, we're going to talk here a little bit after we finish up here um, with Jody Lift from Havoc about building cars. There, um, 
there's a great opportunity, I think. Now, it's social members, regular members can all come out. And that's one of the keys, I think, to being a social member is, is this, the autocross and the karting are the two, three driving events that, that can really be enjoyed. Um, well, they, the they can participate in the, in the rally cross as well. So that's an added benefit for a social member is they can come out and cart, autocross, uh, and, of course, rally cross as well. Well, um, I look forward to the first rally cross, and you said five, five summer summer rally crosses. Yeah, and is that so? It's a full track for, full track Friday, and it's are we alternating from one from to autocross and rally cross alternating? Is that how it's going to be? Or well, so it is on a full track Friday, and then once the north track, well, once the the whole track cold at 5.30 that's when I'm going to be doing the drivers meeting with all the drivers and uh, so the track will be cold and you know about 5.45 that's when we go out and start doing the rally cross okay. so official flag drop at 6 p.m. Okay. on Friday May 11th alright well Kyle thanks for joining us um Anybody? Oh, yeah. How can they get in contact with you if they have questions about uh, rally crossing or anything else? Uh, I guess. Yeah, they can email me. They can call me. Uh, they can text me. I am very passionate about rally cross. I, I really want to see the sport grow. So the best way to get a hold of me is just email me. And um, the, the best advice I can give you is just come out, experience it for yourself, bring a helmet. Uh, and get a ride along in one of these cars. I guarantee you that once you get out of a car, you will have a huge grin <laughs> on your face. It is really yeah. just that much fun, and you'll be addicted after your first ride. Yeah, there's, uh, yeah, we have we have seen that, and it's uh, it's pretty cool. Uh, what, what's your email address, Kyle? Uh, it's my first name, last name. So it's Kyle K Y L E. And my last name is NATO, N-A-D-E-A-U, at autobahncc.com. Uh, and Kyle Nader, all one word? No, no. All, yeah, all one word. Okay. And you can also find it on our website as well. Okay, great. All right, Kyle. Thanks for being on the podcast. We'll talk to you soon. My pleasure. We'll talk to you. Okay, bye. Bye. Well, that was Kyle Nato again. And now here's Autobahn member Brian Helmentoller on the Audubon Country Club podcast. Well, Brian, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for joining us. The, one, Thanks of the reason, for me, John. one of the reasons I wanted to speak with you is because of your rally cross experience. And also, I know we talked to Jody Lift earlier in the program, who builds cars uh, at one of the race shops there at the club. But you've built... At least two cars, right? Two rally cars? Yeah. Uh, four, actually. Four? I built three that have been running to the track, and I'm building one more. I'm in the process of another one. Oh, you are? Okay, well, I'm excited to hear about that. So, and I, also one of the things is you being a, you started rally crossing the first, the first race, just like um, we did. And I did. We were new members. You were new-ish members, a couple years longer than us. But we became very good friends because we were both out doing rally cross all the time together. And I thought that was really neat. 
we did, standing on the cold in the winter, and snow and mud and dust. So, yes, we did. <laughs> yeah, there was a little bit of dust there sometimes. Um, yeah, some point. <laughs> and so when you are looking for a car to build, explain how you go about uh, your cars. I kind of think that I half built the car. I did some of the easy stuff. Um, and then Jody okay. ended up ended up finishing it. But you've done the whole cars. What, what's the hardest part about building your own car that you found? Uh, the hardest part is probably welding in the, the roll cage. Mm-hmm. Um, you need the tools to do it. You need a welder. You need grinders and hand tools and all of that. Uh, gutting an interior is, is really pretty easy, um, especially if you're not going to reuse or sell the stuff out of the, the car. You just kind of grab it and rip it out. But the cage is the hardest part. That you need a bender, um, and you need a welder. So I can usually do a cage in a car, just a hoop roll cage on the, on the down bars. I can usually do one, maybe one long Saturday, if not uh, Saturday and Sunday. Okay, so that being a difficult one. How, how do you, do you do anything with the suspension, that, with the suspension on them? Um... I, I in the first one actually I, I did a little research and a lot of guys jam their the springs the coil springs they jam them with tennis balls to kind of stiffen up the suspension a little bit. So my first race I went out I went to play it against sports and I bought about fifty tennis balls <laughs> and I jammed them all in the coil springs. And I noticed every time I did a lap I saw more and more tennis balls laying around the course, but I don't think anybody ever figured out it was me. So. So, and by the end of the day, I had lost all my tennis balls. <laughs> but uh, really, that's about it. I try to I try to tighten up whatever I can. I go through the suspension and just make sure nothing's ready to break. Um, um, that's really about it. I, I try to leave them alone. And did you um, notice a difference when you lost the tennis balls and the suspension? Did it work at, at first? It, it did work at first, but uh, my brakes went out that day as well. So I, I did. I really didn't get to test it out as much as I wanted to. Uh, I did notice that if I leave a little bit more weight in the car, that the car would ride smoother. Uh, a lot of guys were bouncing all over the place, hitting the bumps, and my car would kind of kind of glide across them. But I left a lot of weight in the back of the car, so it would soften up the, the ride a little bit. Okay. Um, you, you are you you have been um, giving rides out there, and you are a popular driver to get a ride from uh you're you're quite fast and quite good and so you're doing something right with your cars <laughs> that's for sure that's actually my favorite part is giving rides i i try to do a couple laps to see if i can go fast and then after that i, I i'd rather give rides it's to me it's just that's the most fun just going out there and throwing the car around and laughing with somebody i just love it Yes, you do always have a smile on your face when you come across the uh, the finish line. That is true, and um, I know my wife and son have really enjoyed getting their <laughs> the rides with you. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of fun. I love getting rides. I actually spun with your wife in the car, and a whole cloud of dust came inside, and we laughed about it. It was great. <laughs> I do remember that. I do remember that. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. So, There's a huge wall of dust following us when we're driving. I don't know if everybody knows that. Yes, we hopefully, um, they're working on the track. This is Monday, uh, the 7th, May 7th. 
they're working on the track this week to um, turn the soil over. And we also got a biodegradable conditioner that we hope to, thanks to you for helping us um, with some water tanks, donate some water tanks to the track so that we can now mix this conditioner and hopefully that will eradicate most of the dust. I guess we'll find out if it, if it all works. We've done a lot of research on the best way to try to eradicate that. Hopefully we'll get it done. Yeah, I, I hope so. Uh, hopefully we can get more spectators and just keep giving rides. And uh, It's really a lot of fun. It's, it's, uh, there's not much to worry about. You just go out there and if you break something, you know, it's not 10 grand to fix it. You know, they're, they're just cheap. They're really fun cars. Just beat them to death and, and have a good time with them. So if I could um, ask, what, what do you think a, a person that was going to do, if they're going to do this on their own, except the cage, what do you think somebody could do it on their own, excluding the cage for? What kind of price? Uh, if you do a little research, I'm always on Craigslist. I found my first car for $600, and I, I spent maybe 300 in tubing for the cage, and all in, I probably had 1200 in the car, and that's including my 50 pounds balls. <laughs> and uh, that, that's, if you do your homework and you do a little research, my first car, I didn't want to spend a lot of money on it because I didn't know if it was going to take off, if the series was going to catch on. Um, so I just found the cheapest car I could, front wheel drive, got to be under a 2.5 liter motor. And uh, I found a, a 2004 Chevy Cavalier, and it was a great little car, but I blew up the transmission. And now I, I found a, a Nissan Sentra Spec B Type R for, I think I paid 1600 for it. And that's my current car that I'm racing now. So a little more horsepower, uh, limited slip front differential, a little more traction. So hopefully I can go even a little bit faster. <laughs> and what, so, what, what, what kind of car are you building now, the additional one you said? Well, I'm, I'm going to... I just started. It's, I'm trying to put together an S10, uh, 2004 S10 pickup truck, uh, rear-wheel drive. I, I want to try going that route. I want to try and make it look like a like a true race truck. Still probably do it for under two grand. Um, but yeah, I've got a little truck. I'm going to gut the whole thing and put a cage in it and weld the rear differential together so that it's a true two-wheel drive truck in the rear and, uh, and see what that thing can do. <laughs> and, what, and that, what kind of motor does that have in it? That's the same as the Cavalier. That's kind of why I, I, I went after that. It's a 2.2 liter. Um, they're tough. You can't break them. The only weak spot is the transmission, and they're pretty cheap. You can replace those for about... You can get a new one for about 300 bucks. So uh, that's why I went that route with the, the 2.2 because I knew the motor from my Cavalier and I knew I could just beat it to death and it just it, you know it's ready for more uh, I know you, we've been talking about trucks for a while and, and rear wheel drive doing something with rear wheel drive uh, you know being no weight in the back I think that would be awesome to be you know sliding and do you call it drifting when you're in the dirt I think you still do it's the same thing so yeah, you know, just hold the, the throttle to the floor and slide around a corner, and, and hopefully it's as much fun as I think it will be. So Is this manual or knobby tires in the back? Manual, automatic. What's that? Manual, automatic. Manual. Manual. 
manual, yeah. So, um, I don't know about an automatic. I like manual. I like shit. Yeah, Pick, picking your gears, especially when it's a little muddy and slippery out there, I think is a, yeah. is a pretty smart move. Yeah. yeah. Um, so. so, for you, the best part is um, giving rides. I think um, probably the best part for me is is watching my son develop. And if you can believe this, he started driving when he was when he was. 12 or 11 out there. He might have been 11. Um, no, he was 12. I think he was 12 uh, when he started driving out there. And to watch his car control now, it's it's pretty decent. I um, mean, he can... It's, it's noticeably better. Yeah, it's, it's interesting how I, I'll be riding with him telling him to slow down and slow down. <laughs> Because, you know, you can't believe he can get out of it, but he somehow gets out of whatever he's, direction he's going and makes it go the right the right way. Yeah. At first, I could tell who was driving your car, but now I, I can't. I mean, he's doing great. Uh, you know, he's just out there just like everybody else running around and having fun. Yeah, I, I, I really enjoyed that, and I really enjoyed it. I think it's for us as new members, it was such a great way to meet so many other people and um, – we usually have pizza afterwards. We head back into the clubhouse, and um, sometimes we spent more time. I think at least once we spent more time in the clubhouse having in the conversation and and talking than we did actually yes. on the track that day. <laughs> yes, we did. Yeah, it's uh, it's great. You go in for pizza. Everybody kind of talks about it. You brush off the dirt and dust, and and uh, it's really a good time. It's just low stress. You just go out and have fun, and if something breaks, it's not really the end of the world. So, yeah, it's been great. Um, so, when do you think the truck will make an appearance this this summer? Still, yeah, I'm going to try for this summer. It might be later, maybe towards fall. Um, building a Miata now, so I'm trying to get that done first. And, uh, but I, I'm. I'm going to work on it. It'll be out there hopefully by the end of this year. That sounds great. Well, I appreciate your perspective on the rally cross. Um, that is very interesting to hear a, a member talk about how much fun it is and then how they went about selecting a car and getting it out on the track. So, Brian, thanks so much for coming on the podcast. I do look forward to talking with you more in the future. John, I appreciate it. Thank you, thank you very much. And anybody who wants to ride, come out. I'm, I'm more than willing. I, that's my favorite part of the whole thing is giving rides. <laughs> that's awesome. Thanks, sir. Thank you, John. Kyle Nato's back with us again. You're kind of like the co-host for this episode. <laughs> uh, well, it's a pleasure being here. <laughs> Thanks. Now we're going to cover a little bit of the past weekend events and also some of the future events coming up here at the Audubon Country Club. Take it away, Kyle. So this past weekend, uh, I was extremely busy. We had the Margate Ignite Challenge. Uh, it's a karting series that took over the kart track and the skid pad. This weekend, we had phenomenal weather. There were over... Uh, I'd say about 50 racers uh, that that competed in various classes, all running uh, the Margay chassis go-karts. And uh, everyone had just a phenomenal time. So we were uh, very lucky to have them come out. Also, we had a Spec Miata race uh, and a GT race 
uh, this past weekend as well. But uh, hopefully everyone was able to come out and watch. But um, moving forward, on May 11th, uh, Friday, is going to be our full track Friday. And also, once the track uh, goes cold, starting at 5.30, we're going to be doing our driver's meeting for our first summer rallycross series. And that's going to be run out on the north track until dusk, which is a little after 7 o'clock, I believe. So I definitely want to come out for that, especially as a spectator. And uh, we'll get you a ride in one of the rally cars. May 12th, uh, that Saturday, we have a GT race and a Radical race. That's going to be happening on the south track. Members are going to be on the north track again. So May 13th, uh, this is a great reminder for myself, um, is Mother's Day. And uh, Mom, if you're listening, hi and happy Mother's Day. Love you. May uh, 18th and 20th, we're going to be having the BMW Club for uh, those days. But on May 19th is our first drifting uh, out on uh, the skid pad. So uh, a drifting club is going to be coming in, tearing it up. And they also allow rides as well. So members can come out and put a helmet on and go for a ride in a drift car. I got to do that last year. It was a lot of fun. I would like to figure out how to do that this year um, with it's, one of the cars. and It's uh, great uh, car control, and uh, it's not just going out there burning up some tires. These, these guys actually have quite a bit of skill to do what they do and linking some corners and sliding the car. And the really good guys are getting up into, you know, 40, 50 miles an hour while pitching the car completely sideways. So you're going to want to come out again. That is May 19th for all day drifting down on the skid pad. I just, uh, just a couple more questions or yeah. points about that is that I, I like that they gave us a couple, right? A couple guys had actual cars from Japan, which means right hand drive cars. Mm-hmm. That they were using, what you know more, which much more about drifting. I do. What would would have would have that car been? It was a Nissan or Toyota, right? Uh, it was what a Nissan two forty SX. Uh, and then that, what's the Toyota one? That's the big drifting car. Uh, it's a Toyota. It's actually a very specific year, nineteen eighty five to eighty seven Toyota Corolla GTS. <laughs> it's a rear wheel drive, <laughs> perfectly balanced car. I actually previously owned one. They were fantastic. It's fun to drive. Very low horsepower. I think Miatas beat them in drag races, but uh, as far as drifting goes, you can't beat a yeah, uh, that was, Toyota. Yeah, it was cool. And a uh, couple of different things about the tires. Maybe we can talk to one of those guys about how they do tires. One guy I talked to buys new tires. One guy actually works at a car dealership, and he just takes the tires that fit his car and puts them in the back of his pickup truck, so he got yeah. free tires. I, I always bought old tires. Uh, I went around to all the you know shops near my home and just purchased used tires. Uh, and since I was in an underpowered car, one way to kind of cheat, so to speak, is to overinflate your tires. And I'd, oh. I'd be running like 70 PSI in the rear. Oh, wow. Um, just to try and help spin. But there are various techniques to initiate a drift. And maybe we could do a podcast on, on I, drifting. I, I think we should do a podcast on drifting. So, it, was, it, was, it was very cool. So that's that's May 19th, uh, all day down at the skid pad. Come check out drifting. But also May 19th, uh, the complete opposite of drifting is we're going to be doing our first off-road tour. So if you've got a four-wheel drive, UTV, a dirt bike, 
This is a slower speed um, tour as we go around the property, but there are some new trails that we'll be debuting as oh, well. Oh, very cool. Uh, so we're going to just go out and play in the mud, get nice and muddy. And uh, that's uh, Jeeps, UTVs, ATVs, motorcycles. Any off-road vehicle Anything. you have. Yeah. Bring it on out. And the age groups, wide open. Wide open. Yeah. Just yep. make sure you got the right safety equipment for riding. For exactly. Dirt bikes. So Awesome. That's May 19th. May 20th, uh, a Sunday, is another cart uh, camp. And this one is devoted to the adults. But we are limiting it because there's going to be a lot of data acquisition. So if uh, you're listening to the podcast, you're actually getting notified of this first. Um, so, again, we're going to limit it to about four adults for the adult card camp just because we are going to be working on data acquisition. Uh, and then immediately following the card camp, because that starts at 9 a.m., goes to 11, and then 11 a.m., we're going to start our cart league race. So, May 20th, card camp and also the cart league. And then uh, that brings us to the end of the month of the 26th and the 28th. That is Memorial Day weekend. So uh, we typically have sport bike out here, so there's going to be a whole bunch of uh, motorcycles out on track. And that's the, the month of May. All right. Sounds fantastic, Kyle. Thanks for keeping us up to date. I appreciate it. And we'll talk to you in the next podcast, probably. Thank you. I bet you guys can guess what engine started us off today on the podcast. That was a 2003 Focus SVT. Uh, Ford Focus made the SVT from 2002, 2003, and 2004. It had uh, 167 uh, horsepower. It's the 2.0 liter um, ZTEC R engine. Well, thanks for listening to the podcast. One thing I did want to mention is uh, Brian and I, when we were talking about cost of a car, the cost that he said, we talked about this after we were done recording, he already had a bunch of race stuff, including uh, seats, seat belts, which can add almost double, almost double the price of what he had in the car. So he already had a lot of those things. That's why he got away with uh, building those rally cars that he did um, on more of the inexpensive side like me when you had to go out and buy brand new seat belts brand new seats and nets and everything else then uh, it does um, add to the cost well i'd like to thank everybody for listening today thank joey kyle and brian for coming on uh as you can tell i really do love rally costs and me and the whole family so thanks for listening if you need to reach us podcast at audubon cc com podcast at audubonccc.com see you next week we'll have a brand new show you've been listening to audubon country club podcast where your host club member don Brickia, opens the doors to america's premier auto sports club join us next time for audubon country club podcast